Hello, I'm Mike Vaselli, your host for this podcast and the global community that has rallied around it. As we continue to publish relevant, timely, and expert coronavirus updates, we also believe it is important to highlight the innovators who are making a sizable impact in battling the pandemic. During this episode, we spent time with the GoodCell team to learn more about the company and their efforts to leverage its data platform to collect and intelligently analyze cell quality to better understand COVID-19 and to help doctors better assess at-risk patients. I'm excited for you to learn from this very passionate and world-class team, and most importantly, how you can join the good cell fight as we continue to band together to conquer one of the most significant challenges of our lifetimes. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Dr. Viscomi and Trevor, welcome to our podcast and thank you for being with us today, especially during these busy times for you and your team. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for having us. Hello, Mike. Well, during this pandemic, the industry is seeing rapid growth and deployment of novel and exciting approaches and technologies to help battle the coronavirus. With that, I'm excited to spend time with both of you today to learn more as to how the Good Cell team is extending its intellectual property for quantifying disease risk and assessing cell quality to predict adverse outcomes to COVID-19. But before we dive into this important conversation, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please make sure to join our free online community at passionatepioneers.com in order to share feedback and ideas and to interact with the global ecosystem. If you're listening to this episode via our online community, thank you for being with us. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, Dr. Fiscomi, given your work and expert perspective, I'd first like to start by asking you where things currently stand for our nation with COVID-19 and what you are seeing. And for our audience, we are recording this during the week of June 28th. I like to date these episodes as things are moving exceptionally fast with this pandemic. So with that, Salvatore, I'll open it up broadly and let you take it from there. So, Mike, I think some professors at the School of Public Health at Harvard probably said it best when they said that we're still in the third inning of this. So while that sounds a bit daunting, it also gives us time. And the time that we're what's happening now is the vaccines, as you know, are being developed. There is concern about the efficacy, particularly in older and immunocompromised and potential length of immunity, but that still remains to be seen. There's been progress on antibody testing that needs to improve so we can rely on that testing to make informed decisions. And as you know, there are many companies working on different types of therapies that are targeting many different things about the virus in our bodies to help ease the infection. And many people believe that's going to be a cocktail of these drugs that are going to be the most efficacious. And what GoodCell is doing, what we're here about, is that we're concerned about identifying people who are most susceptible for severe disease. And I, I can see that's been a trend lately now. More people are looking at the genetics, our makeup, in terms of what makes us susceptible to getting infected and to getting the most severe consequences of the disease. Well, thank you for sharing that, Salvatore. I do appreciate and good opening comments in regards to where this conversation is going to go. And I'm excited to have our audience learn more about what is happening within the Good Cell team and community. And so with that, Trevor, there's been some recent big developing news for Good Cell team around creating the first COVID-19 susceptibility test. Before sharing more about that, 
Can you maybe give us a little bit of the elevator pitch? I know as a CEO, you probably share a lot about what's happening with the organization. Can you share with us kind of the high level who and what GoodSell is? And then from there, we'll talk about this new and developing news coming out of your camp. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Mike. So I founded the company alongside with two of my co-founders, uh, Brad Hamilton and also Dr. David Scadden of the Harvard Stem Cell Institute in late 2016. Really, the mission and the goal was that for many of the things that we see coming out in the near future, they're around individual cells, data that comes from you specifically, but really being able to have a personalized approach to medicine and being able to store back and retain material cells and data from you at your youngest point in time really is a tool that can can better benefit the world. So we went on a mission to, number one, help to combine our own cellular material with data. And we started off with blood because we feel that blood is it's the author of our body. It touches every cell in your body. It can tell diseases occurring. It can also cure disease, but also cause disease. So therefore, it's a great instrument for us to use in the way to be able to tell what's going on and to create a personalized approach and to give control to our individuals in their medical mission in life. And regarding the susceptibility test, one of the pieces that we felt is, is extremely important in this mission is that not only do we have a point in time where we try to decide what information is important, but that changes over time. And the idea of susceptibility is something that doesn't, you do have a genetic makeup to that, but you're not just born with it, but it can change over time. And so the approach to pathogens, specifically around COVID-19, the idea of developing a test that tells that somatic change or that accumulated damage to your genetics was one that we felt we played very well in and that we could bring a lot of value to as people begin to do their personal biobanking with good stuff. And so what does it mean for the layperson out there, Trevor? What does it mean to extend your IP to build this susceptibility test? What does that look like in practicality? Is this a difficult lift for a growth company like yours? What does that mean? Yeah, so we had initially gone out of the gates with the ability of solving the question, why now? Why should I store my cells and why should I start biobanking at a younger point in time? And, and really what that came down to was the fact that our cells are never healthier than they are today. Mike, while you and I are on this podcast, this is the point in time where our cells are the best, their least damaged state. And so we wanted to create a tool that helped us measure that. And so we brought on some intellectual property from Harvard and the Broad Institute that helped to tell that. And one of the pieces that was very important as we started to measure out this clonality of our blood was that we also wanted to be able to see if this tied to other things. And one of the biggest factors is our immunity. And immunity falls very true with how pathogens and how other things affect our bodies. And so in terms of a heavy lift, it's, of course, always a heavy lift to do something along these lines. But really, it fit very much in line with what we were already doing. And with that, Salvatore, can you discuss a little bit, you know, there's a lot of uh, research that is really starting to pick up around this. Can you give us a little bit of a historical lens and then also current state and what this might mean in regards to the work that GoodCell is up to to help battle this pandemic from that medical perspective? Sure, Mike. So, you know, we knew from early on that certain people, those of an older age, people with certain predisposing conditions, diabetes, lung disease, asthma, heart disease, smokers, they were at a higher risk. But it soon became apparent that that didn't explain why some younger people were getting sick and some people without any of those known predispositions. So the missing piece of that puzzle is really genetics. And you've probably seen a lot of recent articles about genetic studies on blood typing, for example, that type A type blood types have a higher risk rather than type O's, which seems to be protective. But there's another part of genetics that we're looking at that people don't really know about, and that's the genetics that's not inherited from your parents. These are the ones that are acquired while you're living on this planet. 
And that, that's really the basis of our susceptibility test is, is really looking at what changes in our DNA as we're on this planet that puts us at a higher risk for different things. And can you share in regards to the steps of this test that you guys are helping bring into the marketplace, how does that practically work for a patient? Maybe take us through some of those steps and, and what the outcomes might be positive or negative on the back end. How does this look in practicality delivering this test in the marketplace? So basically, we know that from other disease entities that these acquired mutations that we can test for are associated with inflammation, and they're associated with inflammation that impacts things that you might not think of as inflammatory disease. We know that the genes that we're testing for that acquire these mutations are associated with cardiovascular disease at a fourfold increase, and that's mediated by inflammation. We know that patients with these genetic mutations that are acquired have a high risk of developing blood clots. And we know that patients with COVID-19 have a high risk of blood clots. In fact, when they've done autopsy studies of lungs of patients who die from COVID-19, they find that the small arteries of the lungs are clotted. And so while you know we all think of COVID-19 as an infection, which it is, the serious consequences are really mediated by an abnormal inflammatory response and coagulopathy, that means an abnormal blood clotting system of blood vessels so the susceptibility is really looking at what is our genetic makeup that predisposes us to have an abnormal dysfunctional reaction to the infection. And so by taking someone's blood sample and looking at their DNA, we can test to see if they have any of these multiple genes that we test for that have an abnormal variant that predisposes them to any of those consequences. And Trevor, thinking through the business dynamic side, because we have a lot of people that listen in on this podcast that are hospital administrators or insurance executives, what does this test mean for the industry? Who are you collaborating with? Who are you partnering on for and with this test in the marketplace? Yeah. So one of the things that I think is very important at this stage is, is we're looking for partners. We're looking for people that are, one, passionate about this. They have access to not only patient samples, but access to communities and really understanding how they would like to see this perceived and get out. You know, ultimately, this is a blood test and it's part of what we're developing as part of a good cell membership, part of your personal biobank, because we want to offer this test not only for the immediate time and the immediate COVID outbreak, but for the future too. Being able to check your susceptibility over time is something that we feel is, is going to be extremely valuable. And creating the systems to put those into place is something that we're currently working on. We are partnering with some national labs to be able to provide this on a large scale. But, you know, we're also always looking for partners in the space that, that can help us bring this to life faster and bring it to life with a very high level of credibility. And of course, being a technologist, Trevor, I, I geek out on the data side of things. What does this mean? What does the Good Cell platform mean? Even beyond what you're doing with this susceptibility test, what does this mean around data? Are you guys driving some AI in there, some predictive analytics? Can you nerd out a little bit on the tech side of the platform? Absolutely, because Mike, this is actually where I'm very passionate about this too. The idea of layering data on top of biobanking, it's something that's been going on for a while. I mean, you look at a lot of the places like the Mayo Clinic, Mass General, a lot of different areas that already have their own biobanks for research. You know, what we're trying to create is we're trying to create a personal biobank where the data for you as an individual, it not only works for you, but it helps to then enable your family. So using your own data help with predictability for things like your family and ultimately the planet. This COVID test is one of many that 
we feel is going to be very important to creating this new space called personal biobanking. And really what the definition to that is identifying risk, then tracking that risk over time, and then using your cells and using that data as a tool to hopefully combat that risk in the future. So really, when we look at data, we've created a system in collaboration with some executives from Microsoft and from Amazon to be able to plug into different types of AI groups, different types of data sections to be able to make more powerful individualized data. And so, you know, we see this as being a way to turn blood, to turn the blood into data and your cells into a universal language or software. And with that, Salvatore, with what Trevor just shared, what might this mean in future state for researchers around the world? What are some new capabilities, new ways to discover answers to what maybe they are studying? What does this mean for the researcher? What does this mean for the medical community moving forward and into the future? Well, for the researchers, we're finding that these specific genetic variations that are accumulated could be associated with other diseases as well, like autoimmune diseases, for example. These are also mediated by, we heard of cytokine storm a lot. There are people that are predisposed that have higher circulating of these factors in the body. So it goes beyond COVID-19. This could be uh, helpful in other types of infections, and it can help for other types of diseases that are mediated by inflammation. And it seems that inflammation sort of mediates almost every disease process, including malignancy. What it means for the medical community, why susceptibility is so important and maybe paramount is that you can imagine if you can identify the smaller segment of the populations that's at risk for the severest form of disease, that you can target the social distancing to that population. You can prioritize vaccinations based on such risk. You know, there's 7 billion people in the world. It'd be difficult to vaccinate 7 billion people. But if you can identify the people who should get vaccinated first, that'd be incredible. And then finally, there's the potential for if you identify people that are at risk for cytokine storm that you can identify by their genetic makeup, maybe these are the people that you can try some prophylactic therapy or at least therapy in the earliest stages so you can prevent that cascade of events that results in the highest morbidity and mortality. We're thinking about the use case, the persona that uses this technology. And you mentioned earlier that there's no better time than now because your cells and everything are most healthy at this current state. But what is the ideal age? When can somebody start using this platform? Are you a teenager? Are you in your 20s? What is that ideal persona? When should they start thinking about using this? Yeah, great question. My co-founder, Dr. David Scadett, said this to me once and he said, look, if you're planning on living another 10 healthy years, why wouldn't you store back your cells? But what I've actually come to believe as well is that there's different values for different people because the idea of just storing back your cells, that kind of sits alone, right? We're taking a holistic approach where we're using genetics and blood testing and data and cell storage all together in one cohesive unit. There's different values at different ages. As a teenager, your youngest cells, those are going to be your least damaged cells. But as you get older, you're starting to be more concerned about things like risk. You're starting to witness people that have mortality incidences around them, and you're thinking about your own. And so what we found is people in their even 50s and 60s are saying, you know what, I'd still like to do this because I want to understand how I can live my healthiest self. So I guess in a roundabout way of saying, there's different things for everybody. And I don't think that there's a specific age that would say, you know, you're too late to do this. And there's never a time that's too early. And Salvatore, building on that in regards to talking about the specific person, and correct me if I'm wrong here, or maybe share a bit more on your thoughts, I envision that the Good Cell platform can be leveraged for the greater good of humanity, right? The end of many. What might that mean if I am a user of the platform? Will there be ways for me to maybe consent my data into the greater good for humanity? What does this look like to really help health on a global and humanity type of level? 
Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. So absolutely. So people can opt in to share that data. That would be helpful. The more people on the platform, the more a better understanding we'll have about diseases. I mean, we're collecting data from ourselves, from the genes we inherited, the genes from the changes that happen that are acquired in our lifetimes, and then data from all the biomarkers in our plasma. So there's a wealth of information in our blood. We don't longer have to rely on a single blood test or a single gene. We can compile all that information across populations to really understand diseases on a deeper level. And have you guys thought about working with full countries, uh, you know, type of providential entities that could maybe leverage this for, you know, huge societal opportunity? So, yes, we've had early conversations with Italy, the Ministry of Health, that's looking at our platform to see how to for a a certain population, how to evaluate all this information and then how to follow it over time and see the changes and then how it impacts health. So we're having very early conversations with the country of Italy. Wow, that is really exciting. So Trevor, you were mentioning that uh, you are looking for partners and this big news just recently broke on how you're using some of the IP portfolio for this. Given the community rallied around this podcast, I want to take a moment and maybe flip the script a bit. Where can we as a community here at PassionatePioneers.com be supporting you and the good cell team? What are the specific needs right now where we could even be thinking through problems, offering up opportunities to connect with others, those types of other pilots or other partners? What are some of the biggest needs right now for the good cell team? Thank you. Yes. So I think that the biggest needs right now are in three main buckets. One is we're running samples. We need to validate more and more to be able to create a very clinically relevant susceptibility test. So, you know, working with groups that have those positive COVID samples is very important. Working with pharma, working with groups that are developing other things to have this new technology to be in combination to make new products more relevant and better as people are looking at vaccines. Um, How does susceptibility play into the role of of how well a vaccine is going to be used. And then lastly, I think that the big picture for us is we are going to be rolling out more around the personal biobanking efforts and looking at places that are doing blood draws and that are really needing this type of data. We're always open to communication and you know, love to think, see how other groups are tackling this problem and how we can help to, to either facilitate or uh, partner in that effort. Excellent, Trevor. And I'll come back in just a moment to ask where we can find you and the team online. But before I do that, I have one more question for Salvatore. Salvatore, obviously, we're just getting going. You mentioned it earlier. We're just getting going with this pandemic. Unfortunately, this is going to be a long haul. And you shared with our community at the front end where we currently stand today. But from your perspective and all the colleagues that you're working with on the daily, what is tomorrow going to look like? What do we need to be thinking about, not only as industry leaders and helping to push the health of our nation forward, but also also just as citizens, what should we be thinking about for the next six to nine to 12 months with this pandemic as, again, we're just getting going? What are some of those things we should be thinking about? I think one thing we've realized is whether you're in the research community, whether you're in the hospital community, or whether you're in the community in general, that the only way we're going to get through this is doing it together. Meaning that for the pharma companies, we need to find the combination of drugs that work. For the testing companies and diagnostics, we need to find the inherited genes, the acquired genes that we're testing for, and the biomarkers. So one thing we learned that it's not going to be a single solution, that we need to, there are many pieces to this puzzle, and if we all come together, that that's going to be the way we we defeat COVID-19, and also what's going to happen after COVID-19, because there'll be other types of challenges ahead. And I think this process will help us prepare for those as well. Well, thank you for that. And and a great summary as we get ready to close out this episode with the Good Cell team. Trevor, before we go and say our goodbyes, where can we find the Good Cell team or you and the team online? Where are some touch points, social media, websites or otherwise? 
Absolutely. We try to be as broad range as possible in the channel. So you can find us at My Good Cell. That's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can find us also on LinkedIn under Good Cell. And you can always find us at www.goodcell.com. And to our audience, we will have an article posted on our free global online community, passionatepioneers.com. There will be all of these touch points. With that, Trevor, Salvatore, thank you for taking a time out today to spend time with our community, to share all the wonderful work happening within the Good Cell team. Do continue to keep us posted as things develop for all of you. And we will continue to root you on. And we're definitely looking forward to all the exciting developments that I know are coming. But again, for now, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Mike. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. Yes, thank you very much, Mike. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.